So welcome to the second installment of my interview with the delightful Mary Greer. Uh, if you missed the first part, please do go back and check it out. Um, either scroll through the feed in iTunes or wherever you are, or use the link on the webpage for this uh, particular episode. If you haven't heard the first part, um, this one literally jumps off from the last one, and uh, you may find it uh, disorientating and confusing. And I just want to mention again that uh, I had a bit of a allergy thing going on when I recorded this, um, so I'm sorry for the uh, kind of snuffly sound in the background. And without further ado, on with the podcast. installation in this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts, or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes, and download them all directly that way. So and just before the podcast starts, I want to mention that if you are looking to uh, deepen uh, your practice around reading the cards, uh, there is a growing uh, series of uh, recorded classes, uh, streaming videos, uh, take them on your own time uh, kind of courses uh, on the Tarot de Marseille, on the Toth deck, and a foundations class for people who are just looking to round out their practice. All of these classes include uh, some of the most amazing teachers uh, from all around the world, uh, and of course myself as well. Um, so if you're interested in taking some courses, uh, especially as the summer is rolling around, maybe you're going to find some time on your hand and want to play with the cards more, please uh, go to thehermitslamp.com and just click on the learning tab to uh, check out all the courses as well as any live upcoming events that are on their way to you. Yeah, well, nothing's ever going to be totally complete, you know. Mm -hmm. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night going, oh, I should have said this about them. That's what that card meant. Oh, <laughs> you know, and you're going to drive yourself crazy if you do it. Uh, by the way, I have checked on more than one occasion, not often, but probably two or three times, where I had one of those impressions of I should have said something, and I had a tape of the session, mm -hmm. and I went back and listened to the <clears throat> that section of the tape, and I did say it. Mm -hmm. So after that, realizing that I'd forgotten that I had said it, but I actually had put it out, I don't know whether the person heard it or not, but it's there on the tape. But, you know, I need to just let go. Mm -hmm. I said whatever it is that I was supposed to say or they were supposed to hear. Yeah, you have to kind of trust in the moment that you're never going to be perfect and that probably more things happen than what you really realize mm -hmm. or were said. Yeah, you know, it's certainly something that I always come back to, which is trust the process, trust the reading, right? You know, yeah. you, you do what you can in the moment and that's it. Like, because yeah. it's all you've got, you know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever you've got, you, you just do what you can during that time and... That's the end of it, right? 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. people often get those those leaps that you think, well, maybe you didn't make it specifically, but they'll often get it themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, to the detriment of the reader, I've had numerous occasions where I deliberately didn't say what I thought the person should do <laughs> because it wasn't my place. I tried to, you know... Um, Put all the markers there that mm-hmm. they could see. For instance, if somebody says, should I leave my husband? Well, it's, I don't feel it's my place as a reader to say, yes, you should leave your husband. Let's look at what the issues are and what's actually going on in the relationship. Um, and uh, if the person is going over and over again, you know, it's just not working. He just doesn't hear me, and I don't think he ever will. I'll often stop and ask them to repeat what they just said. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it another way in order to hit them over the head with it. I want them to hear themselves. It's rung true to me what they just said. It's confirmed in the cards, but I think it's more important for them to hear themselves. But on one of those occasions where I was very careful not to say it, but to have the person really hear themselves because it was confirmed in the cards, um, that later, uh, a year later, she called me up and she said, oh, well, I want another reading because last year you told me to leave my husband, and I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, oh, no, she's going around telling everybody that her psychic told her to leave her Mm -hmm. husband or her tarot reader. And I very deliberately did not. I did ask her to repeat several times where she was making statements about, you know, I've tried and I've tried and it hasn't worked or just doesn't hear, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going anywhere, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Same thing happened with somebody that was, um, you know, feeling like he he had had years before a heart attack and he was going, you know, I'm just having this sense that do you think it's likely that I'm about to have a heart attack? And what I kept seeing was, trust your own intuition mm-hmm. and we talked about you know how looked at, at you know his whole own pattern of his intuition actually the reading was very much about it a week later he felt the first feelings of a heart attack he immediately called and um they got there just in time to save him mm. the ambulance and he went around telling people, my tarot reader told me I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I heard from somebody else in town. <laughs> I, I love those secondhand stories. You know? yeah. it, it's like when people come back and say, you know, you said, do you remember when you said this? And I'm like, well, I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe you know, but what what I kind of came to over time was I either sorted into that sounds like something I would say, or or that doesn't sound like something I would say. You know, because sometimes yeah. what comes back, I'm like, that, that I yeah, I can't imagine. I might have, but I can't imagine yeah. a time when I would say something like that or in that way. Yeah, but to me, that the time in a reading is kind of a uh, Jung called it a temenos. Um, a sacred space, and there's a certain clarity of thought that a person can have. It's almost as if they push out all the contradictory things and just focus in on um, their issue, and a certain kind of clarity comes around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can see something for what it is in a way they can't when they're in the midst of life. So I, I try to get them to a space where they're as much in that clarity as they can be because I feel they're going to come to the right decision mm-hmm. in that. 
and help them to hear and see what what they're seeing in that context um <clears throat> you know the fact that it's confirmed in the cards just means that I can keep saying, yeah, yeah, you're on the right track. Okay, go further with this. Mm-hmm. It's it's why I prefer that form of reading to one where I'm predicting or I'm telling them or giving them the answers. Um, uh, I want them to leave where they feel empowered mm-hmm. by their own choices and decisions as much as possible. Yeah. So I'm curious because on the one hand, right? We're talking tarot, yeah. right? And on the other hand, there's this Lenormand thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which which goes in, in quite the different direction, right? Yeah. Tending towards being predictive, tending towards being, you know, very, very sort of explicit and like, you know, the uh, posed to the tarot or to the way most people read tarot anyway, you know, am I going to have a heart attack is, you know, yeah. kind of a question that's like, eh, let's, let's not go there, right? Yeah. But posed to the Lenormand's, it's it's a it's a system that is geared towards giving answers to questions like that and mm-hmm. i'm curious how how that bridge is for you like how do you how do you relate to towards those those sort of two sides of things yeah um i find that i use lenormand more in um groups on the on forums where a bunch of people are giving their insights and therefore we see a bunch of possibilities mm-hmm. or I use it in particular times in readings, but I don't really enjoy doing a whole reading as Lenormand, mm-hmm. especially when it's very specifically on an answer. Um, I sometimes will do a tarot reading about something. And at the end, somebody goes, yes, but will this da da da. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I sometimes will pull out the Lenormand cards and say, okay, let's see. And, uh, again, I trust my own intuition in this case, um, the feeling about how it's gone on and how likely the person is going to take this as an absolute. Um, You know, I I try to have a sense of that and what's appropriate at that moment um, to use it as kind of a kick in the pants type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, However, I have found that Lenormand is pretty amazing when it comes to finding lost objects. (laughs) So there is a, um, you know, there's certain hints, but when over and over again, when people follow those hints, when it's something that is findable, Mm -hmm. um, that they actually stumble across the thing they were looking for. Um, And the things that are around it are specifically the things that were mentioned, um, you know, in in that. So there's something about Lenormand that's pretty amazing. Um, but uh, I use it fairly judiciously when it comes to um, giving professional advice to mm-hmm. somebody. Uh, I'm curious, and maybe somebody out there is already doing it, in which case, like, drop me a line. I'd be curious to hear about it. Um, but I'd be curious to revisit your experiments in psychicness, you know, or in predictability with Lenormand, you know, because it's something that wasn't really out in the public sphere, you know, yeah. previously. And now it's something that, that has really caught on. And, um, you know, I, I'd be curious to see if if it makes a difference or not, if the same things hold true, which is, mm-hmm. you know, people are uh, overrating their predictiveness or overrating their accuracy levels or, you know, or overrating how specifically things are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, on the forums, we've done it um, kind of not as formally um, and not as formally reviewed, but I've particularly gone back to situations and often ask somebody later 
what actually transpired, what, what happened. Um, and uh, I think it was a year ago when there was, um, you know, one of the awards uh, things on TV, uh, the Academy Awards, where a whole group of people on a Lenormand um, group went through the whole list and said who they thought was winning on all of them. Most of the people were kind of 50-50 as it came out. One person who knew very little, hadn't seen practically none of the movies, knew nothing really about it, but just went through with his Lenormand cards, came out with, I don't remember what it was, but say out of 25 things, he had 16 of them right, which is pretty darn you know, out of five choices for each one mm -hmm. of them, he he had 16 of them that were right. And that is pretty impressive right mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, so, but he was the closest right. that anybody came. What I did find in working with classes is that there was often somebody in a class, say out of 12 people, there would be somebody who would fairly consistently be more accurate than the others. Mm-hmm. And so what I feel is that there are people who are better at the prediction of concrete things. And if you tend to find that you've got a skill in that and it, it does work out, you know, you've experimented and you've really checked these things very closely, then, yeah, that can be your specialty. Mm -hmm. that, and you can feel really confident in doing that, that there's much more likelihood of it. I found for me... Um, there's those occasional times where I, you know, just know something, but most of the time that's not functioning. Mm -hmm. And so that's not the um, ideal thing for me. Mm -hmm. If I get one of those feelings and maybe I can go along a little more with a prediction than I would normally. But when I don't, it's better for me to stay away from that and focus on what does work for me, what I am good at. And I'm very good at helping people find meaning in their experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at helping people clarify what's really important to them and um, what they, uh, what kinds of responses they uh, might want to make that are in tune with that to the most likely scenarios. Mm -hmm. Which um, is super so, helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm good at it. So I focus on it and I've learned how to express that to people that that's what I can offer to them. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the tasks is once you get to know what you're good at and what you enjoy doing that makes it worthwhile for that to be your, your profession is how do you express this very succinctly to somebody who calls on the phone wants an appointment or if you, they want something that you can't offer that you can give them, you know, somebody else's number. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. And, and yeah. I think it also comes down to really respecting what you do and honoring mm -hmm. it. You know, when I, when I started reading uh, the, the store that I started reading at, um, you know, I've talked about this sometimes in a few places, but um, the clientele was like 80% Caribbean. You know, mm -hmm. so, you know, the, this was, this was my client base in the beginning, you know, it was just sort of a lot, a lot of people from Jamaica and Trinidad and some other places like that. And, um, you know, they had these expectations that I, again, because I had been sort of in the tarot closet or, you know, in my own little, little space away from everything else. I just was like, oh, okay, well, that's what they expect. So I'll just do that for them because I had no, no ways to judge it other than what the mm -hmm. expectation of the client was. 
And one of the things that kind of came out of that was I was fascinated by these stories that I would hear over and over again by um, the, the, you know, oh, back home, the most amazing psychic person or this or that or whatever, right? And they'd be like, they'll tell you the street number you live at or they'll tell you the color of your kid or they'll tell you, know, like, they'll, they'll tell you these things. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, fascinating. But why isn't your life better? Like, why is, why is nothing else, you know, what else did they say? And why is that the most important thing that they told you, you know? And I had the, um, the, the, the good fortune, the bad fortune. I don't, I don't quite know which way to describe it for this experience to, um, this, this woman came around and she was calling herself Bishop something or other. And she wanted me to come and work with her. I work with mm-hmm. some of her clients and, uh, and I was like, all right, I'm really curious. Let's, let's go see what's going on. Right. And, uh, she was just cold reader. Like that's all she was. Right. Like just oh. like super, you know, cold reader slash, you know, other mentalist tricks. Right. And the information that she pulled, you know, or, or tried to pull. Right. I, I yeah. watched it happening because, yeah. because I was really aware and I, you know, because as a reader, I spend all my time analyzing statements and questions and looking for what is being expressed and what the, not, not in like the, how can I exploit this? But what is the, what is the hidden expression here that this person's unconscious or whatever, you know, wants to reveal in this circumstance so that we can talk about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so, and it went even further than that, where she's like, you know, uh, you've been cursed, right? You know, I'm like, oh, really? Okay. You know, and I mean, at, at this point, I'd been doing ceremonial magic for a long time. And, you know, I was getting into Arisha practices and had received initiations in that. And I was like, you know, I, immediately I'm like, there's no way. This is not true, right? Like, not that I don't believe it, but I'm like, this is not true. And so she gives me this oil and she's like, you know, just put a little on your face, right? And of course, as I, I, as I bring it up to my face, I'm like, oh, this is cinnamon oil. You know, and mm-hmm. so put it on my face and of course what well, it burns, right? It makes my yeah. eyes water and whatever, but I'm like, I'm going along for the ride. I want to see what happens here, right? And so then she, you know, she she speaks in tongues for a little bit and and gives me something to put on it which, you know, negates its burning effect, right? Mm-hmm. And then and, and these bottles are appearing from under the table and are unlabeled, right? You know? Yeah. And so then this uh the the next you know, the, the, the bottle which she's like, I think we've cleaned you, you know, let's try again, you know, and she gives me the oil. And of course I can smell immediately. There's no cinnamon in it, right? Yeah. There's nothing, you know? And so it doesn't burn. Right. And, and so it was this fascinating experience seeing about how, how people manipulate and how people, you know, because I knew people who loved this person and thought they were the best thing ever. Right. And how people buy into things and get convinced of stuff because of, some piece of information that seems like it should therefore validate everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is the, the real challenge and danger in, in some of these things too, right. That will say something that disengages the person's critical faculty for the rest of the time, you know? Uh So, which, which is what I think is so great about your approach, right? Yeah. Well, I, I try not to get anywhere where somebody is going to, um, think that I'm going to do something magical. Mm-hmm. So I'm always negating in, in a sense or turning to them. Um, if I say, let me give an example here. Uh, 
if I say to somebody, um, you know, it, it looks like you're really unhappy in your marriage situation and they go, oh, no, no, I'm perfectly happy with it. I'll go, oh, OK, tell me about that. Tell me about what makes you so happy in it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm really sure from the cards and my own uh, sense of it that they're really unhappy in it, I know that, that countering it, if I, if I pulled on something magical, I could maybe convince them they were unhappy and, you know, fix their happiness or something, um, you know, do something that, that would change that by, by getting them to believe in me. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I would much rather they come to that point. So I'll go along with, oh, okay, you're really happy. Let's look at that. Let's explore what this happiness is all about. And at some point, they're going to say, yeah, but this isn't working. And, um, you know, it's what he wants and I want him to be happy. And, I'm, and we finally get around to the fact that they're really unhappy yeah. with it. But they realize it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's much more important for the person to come out of it going, you know, wow, yeah, that was a huge realization for me to finally come to to realize that um, I was unhappy and that, that empowerment. Um, it, this isn't exactly the same thing, but it was so clear where uh, somebody got the Ten of Pentacles once and I said, um, you know, this isn't really working in with the other cards that they were there. It doesn't seem anything. So let me just throw out some possibilities. I go, you know, sometimes it's an inheritance. Oh, absolutely. No, there's nobody that could be. And I go through a few things. I go, are you sure it's not an inheritance? They go, no, no, it's totally impossible. I go, well, then I really don't know what this card is doing here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I don't see where it fits in. It, it, you know, there's this possibility in that one, but they're not real strong. So, um, you know, let me know what happens. And a couple of months later, she calls me up and, you know, that card that you didn't know what it meant. I got an inheritance and you didn't know what it meant. Yeah. And, and I w went, OK, great, because for some reason I felt that person needed to own their own stuff mm -hmm. in a way. And it didn't bother me. And as a matter of fact, if it, it served them, it was better for them to see it. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit of a negative one. Sometimes it's much more powerful where I know, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure of something and they come to their own realization suddenly and they go, you know, this marriage is terrible. I keep trying to make it better mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not. And I'm just going, wow, wow, yeah. that's really a great insight that you had. Well, that, that to me is a successful reading. And, and that's where as a reader too, if you don't know something, you know, yeah. like fessing up or, you know, like, you know, geez, Mary, Mary Greer says it's okay to not know what a card means in a reading. Hold on to that because sometime you're going to want that and be like, oh, Mary Greer said it was okay. And if she's been reading cards since, you know, whenever and, and, and still has that thing come up, then obviously, goodness, I guess, you know, you know, wherever you're at in your journey, you know, it's because yeah. I think we all hit that place, right? Where it's like, oh, man, I just I don't know what's going on here anymore, you know? Yeah, well, I, I discovered early on when I look at a card and I draw a blank, I ask the person to simply describe the card. Mm -hmm. I often ask them to do that anyway. But uh, I, it's my sign that either there's something I couldn't possibly have seen that needs to come from them, or it's something that they need to come to a realization for themselves for some reason. 
and that for me to hand it to them on, on a silver platter is not really going to um, be the best in mm -hmm. the circumstances. So I trust that and I go into a process where I guide them into the card. And it always ends up, especially when I've drawn a total blank, it always ends up to be this absolutely powerful, wonderful experience to guide them through their own exploration. So I've taken that now as kind of a personal sign to me mm -hmm. that something else is going on here and it's going to be really great if they come to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if we, we've sort of been talking in and around the sort of psychic or, or magical way of working with people too. And I think that if that's something that anybody is, is working with, you have to be so crisp and clean about it, right? You know, there are there are specifically two cards in the in the deck that I would interpret as like a magical problem that a person has, uh -huh. you know, like in the way that, we, that 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 woman was trying to put on me. And if those yeah. cards don't ever like, first of all, those cards have to show up when the person is asking about it as the answer to the way in which they're asking about it as mm -hmm. a way of validating it, you know. And I think that that's you know really important, right? Because we can we can do all sorts of things that are so helpful, right? Like the techniques that yeah. you're talking about, you know. And uh, you know, I, I love that stuff, and I, I love taking the workshop with you a few years back. It was amazing, and you know, I, I use those approaches all the time. And where people are looking for other things, you know, I think that being so clear about what what your rules are, what your boundaries are, what your approach is going to be, because that that ego self that like wanting to be right or that wanting whatever, or that wanting to get validation or whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's probably a bit different for everybody. You know, it's so difficult, especially if the person's sitting across from you and mm -hmm. looking at you and being like, you know, but I want to make it work or, but I want this, mm -hmm. or I want, you know, I want you to be right and to tell me, or, you know, and yeah. to, to hold on to that, like that sense of yourself and your, your process in relationship to other people is just so crucial and important. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, doctors get to specialize. So, you know, you don't go to, um, you know, a doctor that specializes in cancer if you've got, um, you know, a problem with your feet alignment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you go to a different kind of doctor. You know, why can't tarot readers specialize? Mm -hmm. So I do. I've I've declared, you know, I've got a specialization and I don't do certain kinds of work. You need to go to a different kind of tarot reader or, or a different kind of consultant. And um, I just need to be clear about what my specialization is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I don't feel any qualms about that. I have been in situations and I find it worthwhile to occasionally put myself into a situation where I'm getting a completely different kind of reader with completely different expectations because I learn so much from it. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't, I'm not necessarily the ideal person to be in that environment. And therefore I'm not always giving the clientele the very best they can get from me. So I, you know, I, I did a, a reading in a, um, a bookstore, readings, a day of readings in a bookstore in kind of a transitional neighborhood where there were a lot of people coming in just wanting to know something very, very specific. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was kind of a day of reading failures for me. There were a couple of really good readings and a couple of them that were, eh, and one that was a complete 
failure. Mm. Um, the person wanted to know when her ex-boyfriend was coming back to her, even though he was now happily married with um, two children with the new person. And, you know, she didn't want to know anything else. She wanted to know when he was coming back to her. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't give her a when date, anything else I said was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that one was a total failure because I wasn't used to dealing with those kinds of readings and had difficulty handling the situation and um at the end uh she said i hadn't given her what she wanted which was the when date you know and therefore she wasn't going to pay me and i and i um settled where um we split the difference because mm -hmm. i had spent my time i had done what i do with the best of intentions and i didn't feel it was right for her to just walk out i felt like she would have been using me mm -hmm. which i was not going to allow but i wasn't giving my best so that to me seemed fair to split the difference yeah. on it. Well, and, and that's where you get into the realm yeah. of um, experience and, you know, experience as it relates yeah. to, to reading experience with people, right? You know, because, yeah, yeah de dealing, dealing with people who are in those states, you know, or, or who, who are in those ways, you know, it's it, less so now because, uh, well, for, for a wide variety of reasons, but I used to get a lot of those people coming yeah. in, you know, and, mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I learned how to relate to them in some ways yeah. so that you could, um, well, satisfy them without lying to them or satisfying them <laughs> without like calling them, calling them just irrational and, and you know, yeah. what, are you, what are you crazy? Are we even going to have this conversation? Like the answer is no. Like, why do we even need to put the cards on the table? You know, that yeah. doesn't go anywhere. doesn't go anywhere well. Right. But even at that, there's never, uh, there's always somebody who's who's further along, you know, or, or or further further away from where you are, or what's possible, or maybe reality, right? In a way that's just, yeah. you know, yeah. I had this woman who came in one time for a reading, and uh, we're sitting, we're doing the reading, and I'm looking at the cards, and I'm like, oh, you know, and we, so it starts sort of saddling up to to the abuse she's experiencing in her relationship, right? Because why why is my relationship not working, and why is why is you know why is he seeing other men and, or other women and, you know, whatever. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, so we're talking to this and that and I'm like, well, you know, the, the cards, the cards suggest that he's physical with you, you know? And she's like, yeah, you're right. He is. And we're talking and she's revealing and she's revealing. And, you know, we get to this thing and I'm like, you know, and at the end, I, you know, we've, we've sort of outlined all this stuff and, you know, I'm kind of leaving it there for like, well, you know, the, the reason it's not working is because he's a horrible person, which isn't what I said, but you know, it's a horrible relationship and this person is just, abusive you know but we, we basically talked about it at length and and sort of left it hanging so what do you do about this you know like well you know maybe you need to get a lawyer involved maybe you need to get the police involved maybe you know whatever yeah. and and so she's like you're right you're right you're right the whole time she's like yep and she's like at the end she goes you're right about everything Andrew and I'm like oh you know like I, I'm kind of like nah, well I'm sorry you know like because it's just yeah. so horrible right what do you say right I'm sorry that's your situation she goes except for one thing I'm like okay She's like, it's demons that are causing it. Demons. And I was just like, it's like, you know, and, and, and I was like, you know, I, I, we, where I work, they give you a little slip to prove the person I paid. I'm like, you know what? I can't help you. And, and they were kind of upset with me about it. And I was like, just take your money back if you want and go. But like, I, I can't help you and I can't continue this conversation. And 
you know, and in the end they, they're like, no, no, they, they, I think they paid, but, but it was just like, you know, there, there are always yeah. these times where it just segues so far out of anything that you can do anything about. Right. Now, see, that's the kind of person I might have sent to the woman you were talking about earlier who had all the bottles of oils. Uh huh. Because that person might have gotten more uh, help from that woman mm. who would have been prepared to deal with the demons. Maybe. 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 I yeah. mean, that that woman with the bottle of oils also would have taken $10,000 from her, right? Oh. Uh. Oh, you know, dear. like <laughs> I didn't. You didn't mention that part before. Oh yeah, yeah. sorry. She, uh, she was, she yeah. was. Uh, you better give me thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars to fix. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That that definitely you wouldn't want to send it to her. But but there are people who work in those magical realms, and um, you know, in some ways, are using tricks in order to get the person in the right frame of mind to be able to take in whatever. Um, the message, you know, sometimes the, the order, you need to get out of that relationship and let's deal with the demons. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is more effective in particular context. Mm -hmm. um, there, there was a wonderful article that I read back in the 70s by um, a woman, an anthropologist who uh, was in one of the barrios in South America studying the people. Uh, she went to get into the women's culture and finding a really hard time of getting into it. But she read cards. So when she mentioned it to somebody, they were very interested. And all of a sudden, all these personal things about their lives were coming out through reading cards. So she set herself up as a card reader in the barrio mm -hmm. and became very successful. And, um, and it gave her the entrance into this culture that she hadn't had entrance into before. So she wrote a, a wonderful paper on the folk therapy in um, you know, these cultures and in disenfranchised cultures where there's often no outlet, no way for someone to correct some of the horrible wrongs because that's the horrible circumstances that they're living in. Mm -hmm. And she talked about how some of the magical things that are done and the cursing and all of that is a necessity in the culture. And I really looked at it for the first time from a whole other perspective mm -hmm. of where, especially in, in cultural situations where there is no solution, is there not some kind of benefit in the old folk traditions that we sometimes scorn that operates in that? And she, I, I'm not explaining it very well, but she no, no, I completely it understand. really beautifully. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it just helped me to see something that I would have uh, before that time was kind of scornful. Of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with one of my elders, we've we've had a lot of conversations about um, the role cursing plays as an agent of justice, as an agent of uh, yeah. potential power for the disenfranchised, right, or for people who yeah. have no other access, right? You know, yes. it, it becomes, um, you know, like like some of these these uh, justice cults and stuff, you know, where, you know, in, in, in West Africa and stuff where they would sort of, you know, uh, if, if justice failed at a, you know, on a social level or, you know, in relationship to the points of power, um, these, these groups would convene and sometimes they would go past justice on people. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and, and so whether that's magical or sort of, you know, in this case, sort of more, uh, more physical, right. You know, and, um, mm -hmm. th there, there are these ways in which these things uh, come to be because they are, 
required because society needs another level of um, rebalancing in some manner, right? Yeah. And you know, and, and they're fascinating. You know, I mean, in this particular, in this person's particular case, uh, maybe so. You know, it was now if I read for them again, because I'm mm-hmm. because I'm sort of more firmly rooted in both sides of this conversation, I might yeah. take a different approach. You know, back then, um, it was very clear to me that, that this was was wholly on the psychological side of things. Yeah. And, you know, that, that line sort of having over the years, um, experimented and, and sort of tried out where my boundaries are around those things. I, I, it's hard to say whether, whether I would be, uh, amenable to suggesting something like that or not, because, yeah, because $10,000 aside, um, many people I've seen many people, there are times where that stuff works so well to, you know, whether because it's literally true or because it is is um, psychologically or you know uh, mm-hmm. otherwise valid for changing a person's direction, um, there there are, there are times and there are times where um, you know uh, playing the trickster and you know rejigging things in a certain way uh, or, mm-hmm. or or being slightly deceitful about things in, in a you know do this and you'll be fine kind of way can be super fruitful, yeah. um, but then there are those people who you know, uh, have, have a, a lifelong, um, or, or very deep and long sort of under underpinning of, of mental unwellness or history of, yeah. you know, uh, horrible abuse that, that has damaged them greatly. And in those situations, it's so, so touchy and so touch and go. It's very, very difficult to, to say, you know, yeah. and, and hence it goes back to in my, in my personal practice, there, there are certain cards in, you know, like, I might have said, well, let's, let's ask the cards and, you know, flip a mm-hmm. card. And if one of these couple of pointers surfaced, then I would be like, I'm sorry, I missed it. Yes, you're right. Here you go. Do this thing. And I would yeah. switch to being, you know, really, you know, directly, uh, literal and, and magical about it. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, um, but it's, it's very complicated because it's so easy to create the dependencies that you talked about avoiding and, you know, the, the, yeah. You know, the, the problem is in those situations, is is there enough force that can be generated through some uh, mystical or, or non-rational means to create movement where there's only gravity, you know? Yeah. And that's that's kind of always the question, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and in that case, who could say, you know? Um, that's somebody who I, I don't have... I didn't have contact with for a prolonged period of time. So it's hard to say Mm -hmm. whether they ever changed or not, but uh, yeah. 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 And that's the other level of intuition as a reader is knowing when this is somebody you can't help or that you could possibly refer them to a particular other type of practitioner Mm -hmm. um, when the person is very likely crazy and they really shouldn't be going to a a reader because that's just going to feed into their their fantasy and, you know. My my task as as a reader is just to extricate myself as quickly as possible because mm-hmm. I shouldn't be involved in their issue. Yeah, you know if they're if they're crazy, I'm not a trained therapist, mm-hmm. and I um, it's not my job to kind of step in there and try and do anything with somebody that is really off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I've tried to hone my own intuition on those kinds of things enough to know when. 
to, you know, call a, a reading off. But that takes experience, and you have a few times when you go, whoops, I don't think I handled that as well as I should have. Mm-hmm. What can I learn? What could I have done differently rather than, oh, I should have done this? No, forget it. What could I have done? Is it something I can practice ending a reading you know, in my own room with a, a, a person there that's not really there, you know, put a, a blank seat up, but I can practice some way to um, end a reading smoothly so that if I realize it's time, I'm not fumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can just go into um, a gracious way of ending this and saying this isn't working. You know, I suggest we end the reading and you might want to check here mm-hmm. or there. Um uh, in readings, periodically something comes up, you know, I'm doing a 20-minute reading and uh, uncover a card and realize, oh, my gosh, the whole issue they're talking about goes back to this childhood thing. And, you know, we're at the end of our 20 minutes. What do I do? And mm-hmm. um, as soon as I realize that this is a whole big bundle of something that's very deep in the person and it's come up possibly because they've gotten to a place where it's time to look at it. I'll just say, you know, this would be really fruitful for you to go into in therapy. Mm-hmm. I think it now's the right time for you to explore this general area that I'm not going to go into, but I think it would be very fruitful for you. I try to put in a, a positive sense of you're ready now to explore this. And often when I've done that, the person has been in therapy and it's something they've never addressed in the therapy. Mm. And yeah. so, you know, go to your therapist and say you'd like to look at this a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, therapy is a different thing, right? Yeah. You know, and, it's and uh, very different. whether whether the, the therapist is, is astounding or, or mediocre or whatever, the, the, it's not uncommon for stuff to surface in other areas, like at a yeah. reading or whatever, that hasn't surfaced during therapy because... You know, the person is still using their words and their the the tension between their conscious and their unconscious in a way that that sometimes in the reading space can bypass that and help yes. things become clear. Um, you know, and and often I find um, because I do ongoing coaching work with people around different things. Um, you know, often I'll be like, you know. Uh, you know, well, I think that, you know, whether you want to work with me, whether you want to do something else, that certainly you want to, you know, commit some time and energy to looking at, you know, whatever this, this thing is that you're doing. And they're like, yeah, I came planning to sign up. I just wanted to get a reading first and get a sense of you or whatever, you know, or like, or as you say, they're like, oh, I'm already seeing a therapist. I'm like, well, good. Then you need to talk with this. It's very, very, it's often um, surprising how prepared people are Mm -hmm. to hear things. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I did a, a reading for a woman that had been physically abused as a child and always remembered it. She had been in therapy for close to 20 years and had never once mentioned it to her therapist, mm. had never mentioned it to anyone until mm-hmm. it came up in the reading. And I sensed it from practically the moment she sat down. I, we first looked at the cards and but I was determined not to say it because I, you know, there was too much of that stuff going around at the time of, you know, uh, false memory syndrome and all, mm-hmm. all that other stuff. I, but um, again, there, there's this, there's this part of me and it's more of a physical thing that I'm aware of in myself where I kind of take a little bit of a step back and try and create a space that a person, if they're ready to can fall into. 
Mm -hmm. And in essence, that's what she did is I kind of created an open space for her to reveal that if it was appropriate. Mm -hmm. And she just stepped right into it in a really big way. And, um, but it turned out she had just met someone who did uh, physical uh, therapy and um, massage therapy and therapy together in um, combination. And because she had, you know, uh, anorexia issues and other stuff, it was um, pretty obvious that she had needed a different kind of therapist. Mm -hmm. And she had just met this other person. So I was able to confirm ah, you're ready to go into this now and you've just met somebody that can deal with it both on the physiological level as well as the, uh, you know, what you're carrying in your body mm -hmm. as well as your, um, you know, memories of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and I had somebody come in. Uh, a friend of mine asked me if I would see this person, you know, because otherwise I would, I, just walking off the street, I'm not sure how how open I would have been you know, initially to, to jumping into this. Um, but they basically said, uh, this person, this person thinks that they've had a spiritual awakening. And I think that they've had a psychotic episode uh -huh. and, you know, will, will you read for them and tell them what you see? Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. Let's see what happens. Right. And so they, they arrive and, um, you know, I sit down and, you know, and, and first of all, there's, there's a way in which I, I, I perceive energetically people mm -hmm. who, who are unstable, you know, who, who the system would define as, as, you know, psychiatric in some way. And I, so I looked at them, I'm like, yeah, this, you know, this looks like this, right. But, you know, I'm like, but let's, let's see what the cards say. Right. And I, I forget what the, the first card, it, it was like the moon or something though, right. Was the first card, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and in, in the way that, in some ways, the mirror of what you say about creating this space, right? Mm -hmm. um, I realized in that moment that what I needed, what could be helpful to this person was that I could be a pillar of certainty about oh. this, you know, and the cards, you know, we talked about it and we talked and we looked at it and, and I was, and I, and I led with the cards say that, that all of your spiritual notions about this are not real. And, you know, I'm like, we, we need to talk about this and we can talk about it at length, but we need to go from this place. And so I, I sort of set myself as this, like, this unquestionable rock of, of clarity around mm -hmm. it. And, and as we talked about it and as her story expanded and as, as I found out who she was doing stuff with and, you know, I mean, the, the person that she, she was studying magic with is schizophrenic. And like had, you know, had come in and talked to me about how excited it was that, that some spirit had taken them over for a month and they had just disappeared and lost all sense of the world. Like all these things surfaced as the reading went on. Right. But, but it always came back to this, like there, you know, in, in the moment I had this super clear sense that I was like, this person cannot leave with it, that with a sense that I have any question about this mm -hmm. because then they will never do anything about it. And uh -huh. so, you know. You know, uh -huh. but yeah, it, it, but it's really difficult, right? You know, and yeah. it's, it requires that like in the same way that you, you're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say something. I'm going to create this space and allow it to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are a variety of tools like that. And it's, it's fascinating to see them employed, you know, and, and to work with them and, and to sort of be like, what is, what is the, you know, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's kind of like drawing a reading a card for yourself before the person arrives, right? Mm-hmm. What does this person need for me in this reading? You know, yeah. It's like a like a sort of more direct manner of that, which I think is is really a fascinating tool and a fascinating thing that that I rarely hear anybody talk about. You know, mm-hmm. I think that many people do it on some level, but I, I, I don't hear a lot of people talk about it. So. Yeah. yeah, or watching for something like the moon coming up first. It's confirming to you what your sense of the situation was. Yeah. Um, so looking to the cards to, to confirm for yourself whether you should take something in a particular direction or not. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's, um, you know, I, te- I tend to stay away from things like past lives and all that other stuff because I really don't know and... Um, I, I see those issues as much more complex than I'm prepared to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while, there's a reading where a card comes up or a couple of cards will come up and, you know, we're supposed to talk about that <laughs> and go on to this other level. Or um, And I'm not even sure. There's a certain point where I'm not sure whether something's intuitive or psychic. Um, but I remember looking once at the reversed Knight of Pentacles who has an oak leaf in his helmet and I'm going, okay, reverse, not of this world. And I'm going, where did that come from? And I kept looking at the oak leaf and I'm going, there's something about an oak king. And she goes, oh, that's in my fantasy world, my inner world. That is the major figure Mm. in it. So all of a sudden, the reading became about this other world that she kind of partly inhabited, that she was very aware of, was, um, you know, um, an inner realms, kind of shamanic realm, but that didn't interfere in any way with her normal uh, Mm -hmm. life. But we were able, we ended up doing the whole reading about stuff going on in that realm for her. And um, normally, I would stay so far away from that. Um, but you know, the cards themselves kind of led me there and that's, that ended up being what was appropriate for the, the reading. Mm-hmm. And that's that you intuition, know. right? Uh, that was this, this triggered and that one may have been even, I don't know. I, like I said, that one, I don't know whether it was psychic or intuitive. I meant more so the, uh, knowing, but, knowing, yeah. knowing to listen to a different possibility, yeah. Is is the yeah. byproduct of that that experience your experience? It's the byproduct of whatever that was that triggered that. That mm-hmm. you know, looking at it and going the Oak King, which I'd never even thought about that before, and then to say it. <laughs> well, what's this about an Oak King? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, that's that sort of goes into that other side, but then the intuition that it's okay, that this isn't a craziness, that this is something that this person can handle. Mm-hmm. That's the intuitive side that says, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay to go ahead and, and explore <clears throat> um, the reading in this realm. I did do one Lenormand reading for someone who had asked about her shamanic path, and <laughs> I'm going, okay, you know with Lenormand, you stay stick with the very um, emblematic meanings, you know, fixed meanings of these cards. And no matter what I did, we ended up off in the shamanic realm, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the you know the whole shamanic experience. And I'm looking at the cards, going, Lenormand doesn't work like this. And I'm going, I don't care. It's doing it today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
So that was kind of a surprise. You know, it, it would be something that I would tell any student studying Lenormand, no, 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 you don't use the cards, the Lenormand cards that way. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get good at the rules, <laughs> you know when you can break them, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But the intuition. Absolutely. Well, I've yeah. kept you on the line here for a long time now. You're going to have to edit some out, huh? <laughs> nah, I'll just split it. I think it's all good. I think I'll just split it into two. But uh, yeah. but I, I want to say thank you. And, um, you know, for people who are listening to this who are not already uh, finding you online, where where should they come and hang out with you? Um, the best place to start is to come to my blog because mm-hmm. I just put everything on, on there uh, about what's going on and um, what I'm working on currently. So that's um, marygreer.wordpress.com. And, you know, if you're listening to this and, and the, the piece about cold reading and stuff intrigues you, uh, probably a couple of years ago, uh, Mary did a great a uh, couple of pieces about cold reading and what it is uh-huh. and stuff like that. And uh, so, you know, I'm sure if you Google it, you can uh, you can dig it out and check it out because it's well worth reading. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's. I like the fact that on a blog I can explore lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one was kind of a shock to me. I hadn't really known about cold readers and tarot before that, yeah. that came up. Yeah. It's a whole sketchy world of sketchy people doing horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for making the time. Okay. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. So, so thanks again for listening to this podcast. Um, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed this, please go on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this and uh, give us a review or share it with people who you think would love it. Um, it's very hard to uh, sort of break through all the stuff that's going out there on social media. And if you value this interviews and the ones like it, um, you know, please uh, do support us by helping spread the word. And uh, also I would say really do go check out Mary's uh, blog. She's got some amazing articles on cold reading uh, as well as a whole lot of other super helpful information there. And uh, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Let me know if there's somebody you'd love to see uh, on the podcast Um, Please don't send me uh, requests to have yourself on the podcast. Uh, I don't really run it that way. Um, And please don't send me uh, requests to try and promote books and other things through this. Uh, Again, it's not really about that. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope you've really enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed uh, doing this and continue to enjoy uh, having the privilege of doing this podcast.